Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of The Finance Bro. We have real conversations with real people about money. Today, I have no other than one of my Neos on here, the Cameron Kinley. Um, this guy's done so many special things in his life already, and he's a huge leader and mentor within his community. And, you know, even within his peer group, uh, he leads up as well as down. And that's what, you know, it's great to have special, special people in your group or in your circle like this, because it gives you hope that, you know, things will continue to be successful. So before we get too far into this, you know, Cam, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Let them know, you know, what you do, where you're from, et cetera. And then we'll jump into it from there. Now, nah, most definitely, man. I appreciate you for having me pro fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just try to get this together. So I'm excited to be on here, man. Proud of everything you're doing. Uh, Cameron Kelly, you know, from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, born and raised in the Elm. Uh, that's big Memphis, you know, <laughs> dog. Uh, Glorilla now, you know, money bad. We got a lot of the music game, but yeah, grew up in Memphis, three sport athlete, uh, football, basketball, and track was fortunate to get some scholarships to play football, uh, was deciding between Princeton, Yale, Air Force, and Navy, and then got on the Academy's campus. And I just felt like the Naval Academy was for me. Uh, so I went to the Naval Academy, majored in political science. I was class president there, um, team captain of the football team, played corner started like 23 games or something like that. And then after I graduated from the academy, I signed with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I also commissioned as an officer, uh, an intelligence officer. So definitely been blessed, definitely been a journey, but definitely, definitely exciting stuff. Hey, you left a few accolades out of there. Weren't you the first to do a couple of things at the academy? <laughs> in the yeah, so I was <laughs> fifth African-American in the academy history to become class president, first football player to do so. Since at least 1990, a, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's Go a big bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I was a finalist for the academic Heisman, uh, one of eight finalists for that. So that was pretty good. Got an $18,000 scholarship. Uh, so I, I've been I've been fortunate, you know, been fortunate, been able to achieve some things. Uh, but it definitely didn't happen overnight. <laughs> yeah. Definitely didn't happen overnight. Man, so... Now, I hope you all are excited to hear where this conversation goes. Like, it's a lot of experience um, from, from my brother here. So, you know, jumping into it, you know, <clears throat> you spoke about being in the NFL. So that's an interesting experience that 99% of Americans will never have, right? right. And, you know, what was that journey like for you going from, you know, a young Black kid in Memphis to going to the Naval Academy to jumping into the NFL where, you know, these guys are making you, you around people making millions of dollars a year. Um, you know, there, there's different expectations when it comes to money, people, right. you know, handle their money a little differently. What was, what was that like to you? Cause I feel like for me, that would have been a shock. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, definitely. <clears throat> right. You know, I had the dream of playing in the NFL since I was four, but when I got to the Academy, I really wasn't focused on it until I saw it to be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'll never forget you know, I was undrafted free agent, so I had a little bit of change on my signing bonus. Um, but we all, all the rookies went up there and got our signing bonuses at the same time. And our first round draft pick, man, he got a check for $9 million. $9 million. I'm like, man, here goes somebody my same age, you know, <laughs> 23 years old getting $9 million. That's after taxes, right? And so I'm like, man, what? And so money, honestly, to the, those professional athletes, money is, is nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that money's the last thing on their mind. And I think when you do what that taught me was like when money's not an issue, you do have the ability to focus on your craft more. Right. 
So you don't see them stressing about, oh, what, what I'm going to eat, paying bills, cars. You know what I'm saying? They're not stressing about any of that. They're focusing on playing football. They're focused on becoming a better athlete, focused on becoming a better father, whatever that might be, because money's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can also be bad, right, when you come across that much money, because now you got people expecting things from you. And of course, I'm all for giving back, being generous, but it's almost like you can be guilt trapped into feeling like you owe a lot of people, you know, oh, I made it here. I got all this money. Let me go buy them a house, buy them a house, buy them a car, buy them a car. Now mm. you look up, you ain't been managing your money, right? And you ain't got nothing. And it's like, oh, snap, where did all those millions go? And so I think like from outside perspective in like nine million, that's a lot to me. Yeah. But to some of those athletes, that's dropping the bucket it's crazy to say <laughs> man that's crazy so <clears throat> being there being a rookie did you see any financial practices that made you like raise an eyebrow like oh, i don't know if i'd be doing that besides yeah, I mean, like you know people buying you know uh houses and you know trying to take care of people but yeah you know just on a day-to-day basis like things that it's like yo bro i know you're making a lot of money but i don't know if i'd do that yeah, I mean, you know, you'll see people buying, like, the chains and stuff, you know, custom pendant, um, customizing the car. So it's like, I get it, right? Because you, you've you been working hard to get to that point. So I do think you owe yourself a little bit of reward. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, you also got to be like, okay, how about I make this reward for when I sign another contract? You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe... Uh, every professional athlete when you do get that contract you should gift yourself right you mm-hmm. should go get yourself get yourself something because you worked hard for that but you should also set boundaries to where it's like okay this is my gift for my Ricky contract all right this is when I resign in two years this is when I resign in four years like everything should be a landmark that way you're not spending all your money up front um, because we know how how temporary the game is right mm-hmm. you can get hurt get cut or you can just get cut and get replaced and then it's like now you don't have that same financial uh <laughs> budget that you had before yeah and i think that was like the biggest transition for me um going into the nfl thinking that like okay i signed a 2.1 million dollar contract like that's a different lifestyle than uh than the o- one check in the navy yeah, <laughs> you know what that's, I'm a, that's a very different lifestyle hey, it's a whole yes yeah, so you in a whole different tax bracket <laughs> and so that was hard for me like i definitely approached that wrong assuming that I'll be coming across this amount of money. And then some of us know, you know, I came across some bad circumstances and things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. Um, And then I ended up in a situation where it was like, oh, snap, like I got to change everything, right? But I believe if you go ahead and go in with the mindset of like, okay, yeah, I might be making, let's say $720,000 a year, but I don't need to live off $720,000 as a 23 year old right you can live off sixty thousand, easy mm, yeah absolutely <laughs> easy right and so when you have that mindset like yeah treat yourself every now and then but like in 10 years you'll be looking back like man i'm glad i did that but everybody wants to live off honestly if they got a seven hundred twenty thousand, they're trying to live off a million right because everybody mm-hmm. wants to show the, show the money but yeah it's, it's different approaches to it and do you do you think there's a large aspect of instead of the, like people try to show their success through the purchase of material things. And there, do you think there's a large focus on material things in, in professional environments? Well, I think that's a society thing, right? Because in mm-hmm. the professional environment is like, 
I mean, they honestly got it, right? Like, yeah, a lot of this stuff that we praise is not hurting them to buy. Mm-hmm. And so I think what happens is you see these professional athletes, these celebrities, you see them wearing this designer, driving this car, having this chain, this kind of watch, right? And when you're not in those positions, you see that and it's like, oh, I need to get one of those to be rich, mm-hmm. right? I need to get one of those to look wealthy. And so majority of society who don't experience those paychecks, they're willing to sacrifice majority of their paycheck to buy some of those items just so other people think that they are making mm. that money. And I, it, it's crazy. Like everybody's so quick to show their money, quick to appear wealthy, quick to appear rich, when in reality, that's just not the lifestyle they're living. And I've been guilty of that before. Like I'm not just pointing the finger to other people, but mm. I'm in a space now to where, look, I don't care. I don't have to throw on some designer to look good, right? If I can't buy it twice, I don't need to buy it. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. But I don't think we're there as a society right now. I think a lot of people want to show their money rather than keeping it in the bank and being able to compound it over time. <clears throat> for the for the rookies coming in, do they have programs or is there anything there that like where people are teaching, you know, these young guys to encouraging them to think about the future? Because, you know, one of the things that I read a lot is how these professional athletes end up being broke bankrupt after their you know their term is done with being a professional athlete due to the the poor financial decisions that they made while in the league and you it's kind of one of those things where you sit back and wonder like hey if you've seen everyone else do this right why doesn't the change drive but i i was i was 23 once too and i'm gonna tell you right now that would have it would have been very easy seeing all those (laughs) zeros to forget about you know you think it's unlimited yeah, you know, and it, I think it's, it gets very difficult to think about the future if there's not something that's constantly there to ground you. Yeah, nah, and not we have so they have what they call Ricky Academy, and you go through all this stuff like financial uh, development planning, like personal development planning, family. So the resources are there, um, but that's not enough in my mm-hmm. in my point of view because it's just like going to class, right? Some people are gonna check the mm-hmm. box, some people not. Like I think every athlete every professional athlete in their rookie season should have like a personal financial person but the issue is like a financial coach yeah yeah exactly <laughs> a personal financial coach but the issue is a lot of those guys don't trust them right mm. because you're coming across all this money now you meeting somebody probably for the first time honestly and they're like hey let me manage the money for you and you're like nah so what do you do you go to your family who you trust more but truth be told a lot of these players that you hear going bankrupt is because of their family, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Because they're constantly giving, 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 giving. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. Everybody wants to get mama a new house. Everybody wants to get dad a new truck. New, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I get it. But at the end of the day, over time, that little $500 you sent to your cousin here or that little quick 1000 you sent to your auntie here over time, that stuff, like, you know, you're not getting a return of, on investment of that, Right. Like one of the biggest take, uh, one of the biggest quotes that I remember in one of our financial class was like, once you give money away, it's gone. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no loaning money, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when you say you're going to give somebody some money, just give it to them. Don't like, don't, there's no such thing as loaning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's coming from a bank where they actually have you mm-hmm. under certain agreements. But like when you personally give somebody money, it's not a loan. Like that, that money is gone. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where a lot of you, a lot of the athletes come up short and it's, you know, it's in their heart. They just want to give back, but they got to have somebody who's not related to them 
Like, hey, look, I know you want to get back to so-and-so, like, but check this out. If you do this for this amount of years, you'll be able to give them that, and you'll have 10 times what you already have right now. Um, but it's not a lot of that going on. Mm. So <clears throat> now what was the transition like? Because we talked about the transit, you know, the difference between uh, being an old one in the Navy and being <laughs> in the NFL, right? So then on the flip side, how did you have to adjust with your, you know, mentally and with your personal finances in order to adjust back from being on that kind of elevated lifestyle to going back to, you know, the military lifestyle where people think that you're yeah. rich, but, you know, it actually ain't right. that great. <laughs> Yeah, now I had to swallow my pride. Um, and it took a while, right? I had to swallow my pride, I had to really work on my humility. Because mm. you go from being a part of that, like you said, like less than 2%, right? You're living a certain lifestyle. As soon as you say you're in the NFL, people think you're rich. Like people still think I'm rich when I say I play in the NFL. I'm like, man, I didn't see that contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people don't even understand how that contract stuff works. Um, but it took a while, you know, and it was mentally tough for me because as a 23-year-old, having an opportunity to come across millions, like, come on now. Everybody yeah. doesn't get that chance. And so I'm thinking about, like, money Money wasn't an issue when I was playing football. And then when I got back into the military, now it's a, a thing again, right? Mm-hmm. And when you don't ad- uh, adapt your habits to that, mm-hmm. then you can start digging yourself in a financial hole. And that's what I did, Right when I was playing football, I'm spending carelessly because I'm like, oh, I'm making the team like, I'm going to be bringing in 18000 a week, 20000 a week, whatever it was, right? And I'm like, I'm not I'm not worried about this little $500 purchase. Oh, them mm-hmm. shoes, let me get that. Like, this cologne, let me get that. Like, oh, you want food? You want food? It's on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, now looking back, I'm like, man, I should have been a penny pincher. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Man. I had to change my habits, change my mindset, like swallow my pride, be humble. Like, look, you don't live that lifestyle, right? So don't stop trying to act like you live it. Stop trying to act like you was paid a lot, like you some superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. really just have a conversation with myself. Like, look, relax, live regular right now. Later on down the road, you'll be able to see all that pay off. But it was hard. It was definitely hard. <laughs> was, was there ever a worry with that adjustment? And you just, you, you know, because that's not, well, first off, that's not a very easy conversation to have with yourself, right? right? Like that's the first thing is being able to even identify that that stuff is an issue and that it needs to be worked on. That's a huge step. But secondly, was there, do you feel like there was a huge um, piece of you that didn't want to make the change because you were worried about what people would think? Like when they, you know, people had this elevated belief of you and like what you should be doing. And if you decided to lock in and really hone in and like put yourself in a, a, a sustainable position that it get you where you need to be in the future people would ask questions and make judgments and things of that right. nature was that a worry for you thousand percent a thousand percent you know I consider myself to be an underdog most of my life and so when I made it to the NFL it was like I'm finally getting the respect I deserve right yeah, I'm finally yeah. getting the attention I deserve like I feel like all that stuff was old to me right like mm-hmm. I'm like it's about time I reap it um and then, you know, I got everybody supporting me. And then when I got cut, it was like, man, I could count on my hands how many people I was talking to, right? How many people were still in my corner? And that was hard. That was hard for me to go from being up here to down here after putting in years of work to get up here, especially when the situation, you know, 
there were some obstacles in the situation that could have been avoided that might have been that might have helped me uh, in my favor. And so it was developing the perspective that, you know, things happen to you in life and things are going to happen. It doesn't matter who you are, but you can't control what happens. So you can only control how you respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes a a strong mindset to really adopt that because when you got everything going, you know, I'm saying in your favor, it's easy to be happy. It's easy to know right from wrong. It's easy to do the right thing. But when your back's up against the wall and everything's not going in your favor, it's like, who are you? Because that's who Mm. you truly are. Um, So, yeah, it it wasn't easy. Right. And that's why I said I had to have a conversation with myself. Like, look, Cameron, like you got to really look inside at your values right now. Like, where are you spending your energy? Where are you spending your money? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, who are you trying to portray? Are you trying to portray Cameron, like the Cameron that everybody's known? Or you're trying to portray this Cameron character that was in the NFL that's gone and he's not coming back, mm. right? And I think when I was finally able to accept that, it started my journey of growth uh, to move beyond it and to start work walking in a new path in my life. Uh, but it's tough, man, because nobody likes change. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. definitely not. And it's, it's hard when you have to, even harder to make that change when you have to do it alone, right? Oh, so yeah. what was the... What, what would you say was some of the biggest factors that helped you make that transition and not backslide back to where you were? Yeah, I say number one was my faith, man, like faith in God. And I'm gonna be real with you. Like I tell a lot of people this, when I got cut, I turned my back on God because I was like, man, <laughs> I did everything the right way. I've been living according to your word. Like, I just don't feel like I deserve this. Like, what's the point of being faithful when stuff like this happens to you? Um, <laughs> but when I turned my back on, he made things even worse for me. Yeah. I was like, I hear you. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> I was like, I hear you. So I really had to get into the word, man, and just looking at some of the scriptures like James, man, James chapter one, it says, blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial because having withstood mm. the test, he'll receive the crown of life for those promise, you know? And it's like, man, blessed is the person who goes on a trial, who perseveres. I'm like, hold on now. You telling me the person who's actually going through the struggles blessed? I was like, okay, let me look at my situation a little bit differently. That means that there's something in the struggle for me, right? But I'm looking at it as a wrong from the wrong perspective because I'm looking at what's happening to me. And mm. so coming across scriptures like that, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I'm like, oh, this is all a part of it, right? I might not like it right now, but there's a bigger picture that I, I can't see yet, right? And I can honestly say I'm getting closer and closer to that now that I've redirected my path and redirected my focus. But faith was definitely the primary thing in shifting my perception. And of course, family, close friends, like just building me up, reminding me that, hey, you're more than a football player, right? Your, your life transcends that sport. Um, so just hearing things like that, just focusing on a transcendent why, I think that's the biggest thing that anybody can create in their life is like a reason for living that's bigger than them. Because when you have mm. a transcendent why, when you don't feel like doing something, you don't think about yourself anymore. You think about what you're doing it for, right? So for me, my transcendent why is leaving a legacy for those behind me to follow, right? I'm talking about people I don't even know. I'm talking about the kids I haven't had yet. I'm talking about the players that I might coach one day. Like any any young African-American man or even any young man, woman, it don't matter race, race or whatever, like, I want to leave a legacy that they can follow to understand that whatever they want to achieve in life is possible. Um, and if I want to do that, then I don't have time to get stuck in my emotions. Like I can feel what mm. I feel 
but I can't get stuck in my emotions. And so that transcendent why drives me every single day when I don't feel like doing something. like, nah, that's not going to leave a legacy, right? That's not the kind mm-hmm. of legacy you want to leave. And so I think that was huge for me. Man, that's, I like that, a transcendent why. Well, you, you why. go ahead, dog. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> dropping dropping gems on here hey so what about you know mentorship right because you know now you're you're adjusting to a completely different profession now right you went from you know being a professional defensive back to now you're a professional military intelligence officer right like that has a ton of differences so speak including like you know finding mentors so like was did you have to find some good mentors to help you navigate this really this new world that you kind of just had to dive back into unexpectedly like it was one of those things where you know it's always in the back of your mind it could it could happen but let's be honest when we're in these competitive positions the last thing we're thinking about is us not being the one to make it right oh yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Now nah, I mean, of course, you know our profiles. You know, a lot of a lot of my profiles like poured into me, uh, and that was good because they've been in the path that I'm going into. Um, but I say when I got cut, I went to go TAD at the academy and in the diversity, equity, and inclusion department. I was working for Captain Lacey, uh, aviator, uh, African American, head diversity guy at the academy, and he kind of helped get some of my bitterness away with the Navy before mm. I really got back into the Navy, like in that transitional phase, TAD, and before I went to Intel school, like he spoke a lot of positivity into my life, uh, talked about a lot of his experiences in the military, the doors that is open for him, the opportunity that he's had to lead from the position that he's in. And that kind of realigned my, my focus with like, it's bigger than me. Like it's not mm. just in football, it's not just outside of the military, but it's in the military as well. Like when you wear that uniform, especially as a minority, like your influence is huge, yeah, right? Like it is, it you is. You have the ability to impact so many people. Um, and I feel like I'm taking that approach now. And I, I can definitely pick up a few more mentors, especially like within my community. But um, being out here, right, in Washington, I don't know anybody, right? Well, I didn't know anybody. Now I'm starting to meet more people. I only knew one guy out here. He was a 17 grad, Ty Dose. Uh, he he was good for me during my transition period. Like, he's been here for me. Appreciate him for that. But, like, this is really taking me out of my comfort zone to build mm. relationships, build connections, provide mentorship, seek mentorship. Um, so I definitely think that this is going to be huge for me to be willing to branch out more. So, you know, a lot of our dream is to get that big paycheck from, from the things that you've experienced. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I know a little while ago, you spoke about, you know, kind of taking that, that, that burning passion to do one thing and shifting it to, to do another, right. Kind of walking in your purpose, if you will. And, you know, for, for you, I mean, you have a proven track record of anything that you kind of put your hands on, you're going to be successful with, right. So now, with your new journey, right? Like not only you are, are you an officer in the military, right? But you're, I mean, public speaking. So I want to talk about that a little bit, right? Because I think that's important. Like, you know, even though you have your normal day job, right? I can't even call it a nine to five because people don't understand the military really is 24 <laughs> hours a day, especially as an officer. But, you know, you have your normal day job. Right. Um, but I had that, I don't think that that has affected your 
your view of yourself of thinking right. like knowing your ability to still generate the amount of income that you want to earn right and right um you know for those of you who follow him on instagram and if not i'm sure you will after this episode but <laughs> you know you'll see a lot of the impactful stuff that he puts out there um you know with public speaking and stuff so can you talk about what's driven your your passion for that um and how you've come about like kind of developing what you what you got try to teach people right most definitely and uh i believe in life like sometimes you go through things to learn lessons for other people right mm -hmm. and if you don't have that perspective then you could be holding on to a lesson that could save somebody else's life that can help them get out of a situation that can help them achieve something that you honestly weren't able to achieve yourself. But it takes humility. Um, it takes looking outside of your own bubble um, to be able to do that. And so even at the age of 23, I feel like I've learned so many lessons in my life and encountered different adversities and uh, adversity and been able to overcome adversity and develop a mindset that's made me realize like, yo, anything is possible. I'm a, I'm a strong believer that anything is possible. Impossible is an opinion, right? Mm. So anything is possible. Um, but you have to really strengthen your mentality and your perception. And so the new platform that I'm shifting towards is having a victorious vision for your life, right? And a victorious vision has three different components to it, right? First, you got to have faith. Like you got to believe that it's going to happen. Because if you never believe that something will happen, it won't happen. And when you believe something won't happen, it won't happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like the power of thought is so real um, and people don't realize that thought creates their reality. And so when you have faith and you believe it's happening, right? You can believe it's happening, it gets the vision started. The next step is to take action. You gotta take action to get the vision to go. Cause a lot of people look at motivation, inspiration, affirmations, they're like, oh, that's just talk, right? You don't need that, you just gotta go do it. Yes and no, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. all that stuff is talk if you never take action, but you might never take action if you don't have that motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at I look at motivation, inspiration. That's the gas going into the car to make the car be able to go. Action is actually pressing the pedal, but you can't make the car go forward if you don't have any gas, right? Yeah. And so yeah. when we're looking at the victorious vision, you got faith that is going to happen. You believing in yourself, telling yourself that it's possible. You take the action to make it happen. That last piece is the piece that I feel like doesn't get preached enough, and it's character. Mm. Got to have character to carry the vision. You got to have character to keep the vision alive, because character is who you are when your back is up against the wall. Martin Luther King said it best: the true measure of a man is not where he stands in times of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in the times of adversity. Right? Mm -hmm. That's who you truly are. And so you can have all the motivation, inspiration. You can have all the action. But if you don't have the character, as soon as you hit one roadblock is over, right? You're not going to mm. be able to get over the hump. Or even worse, you start to experience the success and you do what I did, right? When I got to the spotlight and you change your character and you become somebody who you weren't before. And now you can't handle the success and it gets taken away. Uh. And so that victorious vision, those three components, creating a victorious vision for your life. It's fueled by that concept that I just talked about, a transcendent mm -hmm. why. Because mm. when you have a transcendent why, faith is easier to have because you're believing in something that's bigger than you. Yeah. Action is easier to do because now you're doing it for something that's bigger than you. And character is also easy to do because you got to set the example for something that's bigger than you. 
And so the transcendent why fills that vision, uh, fuels that vision. Um, and so that's my passion is helping people understand that because I truly feel like that's the key for you to be successful and achieve what you want to achieve. And the younger that you're able to get that, the easier, I'm not going to say the easier life is going to be, but the more you're going to be able to handle life. Because truth be told, I don't want my life to be easy, right? I don't want my life to be easy. There's nothing good that comes from easy. But when something's hard, for one, you go through the process and you honestly care for it more. When you get the result, you appreciate it a lot more and you learn the process. And when you learn the process, you understand the process and the different components. And now when you see adversity, when you see difficulties, you're not viewing it as what's happening to you. You're viewing it as what's happening for you. Um, Mm. So the more I can get people to understand that and like try to help use my story to help people see that vision, man, I ain't got to do nothing else. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I think that's truly inspirational. Right. And that's, that's something that's huge. Like this is, of course, we talk a lot about personal finance, oh, but yeah. this is a huge piece of personal finance. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things you spoke about that I like is um, I don't know if you, if you read the book, it's called the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. And one of the chapters in there is called the law of the rubber band. And he mm-hmm. talks about how in order for you to grow as a person, you have to stretch yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And it talks about and 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 a rubber band is of no use to anyone until it's in a stretched position. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's holding a block and holding newspapers or right. wrapped, wrapped around someone's bun, whatever it yeah. is. You know, it's not of use until it's stretched. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it even more, how do muscles grow? You stretch them. Right. Like it's right. all these different things that there's all these signs that show us that, hey, we have to stretch. But, you know, a lot of people like to operate in a in a realm of comfortability. And unfortunately, people don't realize that in comfortability, there is no growth, right? You kind of, you stay stagnant. And then, you know, when you're you're stagnant, you're not, you know, how you say you use your fuel example, right? Like kind of operating in comfortability is like, once the gas runs on E, you you keep expecting the car to crank up. Exactly. And it's crazy Um, because people operate in that comfortable situation because there is no failure, (laughs) Right. There yeah. is no failure. There is no being wrong. There is no not making it. And it gives you a false sense of confidence when you're comfortable. But like you just said, it's in those uncomfortable situations that we experience the most growth. And mm-hmm. so if you look at any successful person, like any successful person, they've mastered the skill of being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's our Marine Corps saying. <laughs> comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Like you look at Kobe Bryant. He said, I knew the workouts were going to suck. I knew it. But he said, I knew if I quit, then I was never going to get better. And so he just embraced it. He got comfortable being in those uncomfortable situations. And then, I mean, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, Um, But a lot of people just think this is going to happen overnight. So like you said, that rubber band example is huge. Like, you're not going to be useful until you get stretched. Until you are uncomfortable. Yeah. So with the the growth aspect, right? So when it comes like personal finance, like, you know, there's a lot of people who who feel like, Hey, you know, I come from a family that this, that never has been financially free. Like we all yep. carry debt, like no one has the knowledge and, you know, they kind of just feel like they can never even be a person that can d- experience things like financial freedom and, right. and, you know, being able to do things without worrying about, is this bill going to get paid or living the paycheck to paycheck? But I think that a huge part of that is 
kind of the framework you just laid out right yeah. and it's you know one believe you have to believe that you can do it 100 and you know kind of like you said with the mindset like your mindset people don't i i'll, I'll reiterate people do not understand how powerful our minds are Man. right and if you if you tell yourself you can you will if you tell yourself you can't you won't right exactly. and you know a lot of people I think one of the issues that a lot of people look for validation from other people about whether or not they think they can be successful when mm. the issue is that the only person that can decide if you're going to be successful at the end of the day, whether it's being financially free in relation, whatever it is, you, right. Yeah. You make, you have ultimate de uh, deciding or, you know, decision-making power when it comes to your success. Right. And until, until people have heard that enough to believe it, you know, it's going to be hard. And I, there's, there's multiple parts to that, right? Because in order for a lot of people to be able to gain that confidence, what do they need? They need people that can instill confidence in them. Exactly. And exactly. Un, there's a lot of people who I've, I've met people and it's sad, man. I'm t I, I talk about this all the time, but I've met people. I, I remember one day I was telling someone like, Hey, you did this and this, like, I'm very proud of you. Like, you know, this, yeah. and you need to do this next. And that. Like, you, you know, this is the first time anyone ever told me that they were proud of me. Mm what what <laughs> like well, who do you hang out with like who you spend time with and you realize that people are in these negative environments all the time to where you know they 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 five years ago they oh man i can do this and the their circle discouraged them from taking an opportunity to do something better and now they're even in half the time in an even worse place because yeah. they fell into thinking like the other people and they felt like you know and then they don't find groups that can be beneficial to them, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I don't, I can't ask these people. I'm going to be a burden. Oh, they don't have time. Like, I, I needed, I needed help, but I didn't ask you, right? One of the things I tell people all the time is, hey, when uh, they be like, hey, you, I was like, yo, how long you been dealing with this? Oh, well, you know, it's been, you know, three, four months. Why are you just calling me now? Well, I just know you're busy and I didn't want to, you know, waste your time. And I, one thing I tell people all the time is, hey, that's not your decision to make. Right. Let me let me decide if I have the time or not. And if I don't have the time at that moment, you can guarantee that I'll have a time and a date set for us to speak. Exactly. But exactly. don't don't rob me of the opportunity to share what I have. Like I don't have this information, this knowledge, this ability to to imbue you know um, you know belief into people that they can be better than where they are, or they can achieve greater things. If I don't get the opportunity to share it, right? Exactly. But you know, if you know that you need it don't rob yourself of the opportunity either. If someone tells you no, or they can't do it, or they're not helping, don't. okay, cool. You just go to the next person. You have exactly. to just go and figure it out. But you know, a lot of people, like it goes back to that fear of failure. I, that was one of my biggest things. Like I was one of the, I'd say that's out of a, a list of, of things, the fear of failure was probably one of the largest for years on mine. But it's because, you know, I got two little brothers. Like I have to be successful. You know, my mom believes, yeah. believes I'm be successful. I have to be successful. My friends see me as the executor. I got to be successful. And it, it's a lot of pressure, especially as a man, you know, like, you know, we're, we're expected to succeed, like to have the answers yeah. to lead, to make decisions and to make things happen. But, you know, unfortunately, and fortunately, when it comes to the world where you have to make decisions, whether it's on your own life or on the li as an officer on the lives of a half of others, Sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision and things aren't going to go the way you, you want it to. But the, I, I truly believe that the, the key difference maker for a person that's perceived as successful and a person that's see, perceived as a failure is how they react to the failure. Yeah. Right. So if you see that failure is, oh, well, that just shows that I can't do it. And you can, and you quit every time. 
well, you're never going to see success because you haven't continued exactly. pushing, right? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody didn't just step on the bench for one day and, and bench 315 pounds, nah. right? You had to work towards that. There were there were times where that, that bar fell in your chest and somebody had to exactly. pick it back up off of you, right? And it's the same thing, like, but you have to, you know, I tell people too, that it's a, I equate it to being able to, how can you ask an effective question to move you forward if you don't know where you are? Hmm. Awareness. <laughs> you know, so you, being aware and and oh man, all of this you stuff. Just hit, you just hit on so many different. I mean, I'm I'm trying to keep it compartmentalized in my head. I know, I know. So many different things. Number one, he who says he can and he who says he can't are usually both right, mm-hmm. right? And so you talk about people who say I can't do that, I can't do. It. Like, look, if you say you can't, you can't. It goes back to the power of thought. And then you talked about environment. Environment directly influences thought, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are in an environment that they don't have control over, right? Mm-hmm. And your place, you come into the world in one in that environment. You know, there's some people like that. And so you're you have to become aware that your environment def- uh, directly affects what you think, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, you can understand that okay. A lot of these thoughts, I think, are because this is all I see. Maybe I should start looking for different things if I want to change what I think, right? And that's when you start intentionally planting those seeds. And you're like, you look at an Oprah Winfrey, a Tyler Perry, Steve, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the examples are countless of people who have been in these situations and just made it up in their mind. You know what? That's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I am going to take control over my life and say, that's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. And then that next step is taking action, right? You got to go get the resources and we got to go pour in the resources to those people that do want better. Um, the other thing, failure, right? We talked about validation. I think validation is one of the main reasons that people fear failure because mm-hmm. failure is what somebody else says about your life, Yep. right? <laughs> like you... You look at yourself as a failure when somebody says that you're a failure, mm-hmm. when somebody says that you came up short, when somebody says that you aren't good enough, now you're a failure. But when you stop relying on the validation of other people to determine who you are as a person, truth be told, there's not really failure. It's learning, right? Exactly. Because yep. I'm not trying to check the box for you. I'm not trying to check the box for you. So when I do come short, it's like, okay, what can I learn? How can I regroup? let's go at it again. Right. Because every time you get that, no, every time you get that, no, that's one step closer to the next. Yes. Right. Failing doors. One Exactly. Like you're going to get there. You just mm-hmm. got to keep going. Got to keep believing and block out the noise. Um, but that fear of failure is major, man. Like it stopped. And honestly, it almost stopped me from even trying to go to the NFL. Right. Mm. Because I let some of my coaches, I let some of my teammates, some of the media, you know, I let all that influence me into almost thinking I wasn't good enough to go play. And then all it took was for my dad and my little brother to be like, you can make it happen. You don't want that regret. And I said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I always think back to that moment over Christmas break, being in the garage, working out with them. I'm like, man, what if I would have never decided to go try to go to the NFL? I wouldn't know it. I, I personally complete honestly would not have this mindset right now. Like mm-hmm. that's just the truth because yeah. I would have never went through those trials to even learn it, to even seek it. I would have just been comfortable with a 
went second semester at the academy my senior year probably just would have coasted through academically had some fun graduated commissioned as officer just go through my traditional pipeline you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. none of these lessons would have been learned all because i would have been scared of what other people were going to say if i came up short <clears throat> so you know crazy. that's this is an interesting perspective right so do you this is a question i don't let me see how to ask this question so do you feel that your exposure to the nfl increased your your awareness that success was more possible for you like just being in that environment and operating there it's like wow i've done this once i could do this again and it could be on my own terms this time yeah 100 percent. i would say so i mean me personally i moved beyond the playing days of football right mm-hmm. like i i think i probably will end up coaching one day but playing days for me football was to get me into the best school possible for free so my parents didn't have to pay mm-hmm once I got to college, everything else was a bonus. Being mm-hmm. team captain, playing, starting, bonus. Making it to the NFL, bonus. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that that was what it was. But that journey proved to me, hey, when you set your mind to something, you can make it happen. Because we're talking less than 2%, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we're talking about a guy at the Naval Academy, never all conference. I lost my starting job my senior year halfway through the season. So we're looking at I played <laughs> – really six full games my senior season not on any draft boards you know what i'm saying like i i'm literally unknown and then i end up signing an nfl contract with the defending super bowl champions less than two percent all because i made up in my mind number one i'm gonna make this happen right and i'm not i don't care what the paper gotta say i don't care what anybody else gotta say like i'm gonna make this happen i can do it right put my faith in God. I'm like, yo, I'm going to make this happen. I I was expecting it. I was believing it. I was spending time in the morning, visualizing my name being called, visualizing being in the NFL locker room, being on the NFL practice field, being in the NFL state. I'm I'm literally visualizing this stuff in the morning, right? The next step was I took immediate action. Like I went to work, took care of my body, meal prep, working out daily, stretching, you know what I'm saying? Like locked in every single day. And then the opportunity came and I took advantage of it. I think a lot of people, like we, a lot of people say luck, right? Oh, he just had a lot of luck. I believe you create luck, right? Mm-hmm. And you create luck through I say that. expectation, opportunity, and preparation. Because if you never expect for it to happen, if you never prepare for it to happen, then when the opportunity comes, you won't even know that it's an opportunity and you won't take advantage of it. Um, and so I just believe a mix of all that going through that journey definitely showed me like, yo, whatever I want to do in life, I'm going to do. Right. And that's not me being cocky. It's not me being overconfident. It's just because like, why not? I want to do something. Why not make it happen? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, who's to tell me that I can't do it? Now there's going to be some things I got to do to make it happen. Right. Nobody's just going to hand it to me, but if I want to go make something happen, yo, if I truly want it, I will go do it. And that's how I feel about anything that I want to do in life. Right. Um, but yeah, that journey definitely, definitely taught me that definitely taught me that that's, that's huge because, you know, people who do say, so, I want to become, this is, we're just going to use financially free. I like yeah. using that all the time, uh, but you know, <laughs> that's a, because that is a huge, that's a huge dream for a lot of people, but they having the dream is just the first part of it. But even what you just said, the second part is you had to get active, right? Like yep. you can't say you want to be financially free. And like you said, you started caring about what you're putting in your body, right? Like, well, 
all of those things also tying together there because you cared about what you put in your body, your grocery bill goes down. You ain't spending $200 on snacks on top of everything else, right? (laughs) Like now you start to work, focus on where you're going. Well, I'm not going to the club because the club I drink, well, I don't need that, right? Like, and it's like, so even from that perception, like, hey, are you filling your budget out daily? Are you keeping track of what you're spending? Are you saying that you budget and just waiting to the end of the month to go in and put what you spent? Or are you actively tracking each day so that you can yeah. make the necessary adjustments to make sure that you're hitting your, your numbers, right? Like what are your goals? Are you put, by, putting it into actionable pieces? Or are they vague, like being financially free? What does that mean? That means right. something different for everyone else, right? You might have a couple of credit cards to pay off. You might have a vehicle to pay off. You might just have a student loan, you know? You might just wanna have $30,000 you know, in an emergency fund so that you can then focus on travel. You know, like you have, but no people along with getting the goal, you got to break that down into actionable pieces. Yeah. And I think what you like, one big thing you're hitting on is like, everybody just wants that instant success. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the instant gratification. They want it to say, you I want this snap the fingers and it happens. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't understand like overnight success. It, it came from years of preparation. Right. And I think the longer especially when it comes to being financially free. And this is something I constantly have to remind myself. It's like delayed gratification, right? You got to have the discipline to say, you know what? I don't need to upgrade this meal to a large, even though it just says it's 80 cent. I don't need to do that. Yep. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, I don't even need to be in this fast food line at all. I got food at the house. Right. Yep. And I think that's that discipline. And a lot of people think like being financially free, being real wealthy, being rich, they think it all starts with money. And I think that's the issue. Yeah. If you never do the inner work, if you never do the mind work, then you will never be financially free. I don't care how much money you got. You will not be financially free because you're not going to know how to manage the money. You're not going to know how to approach it. And honestly, you're probably going to have character flaws that make you get rid of the money quick. Like everybody looks at the uh, the Powerball statistics, right? People who win the lottery, <laughs> like I can't remember the specific number, but they go broke over 50%. <laughs> like that. It's over 50%. It's, what? it's over 50%. Yeah, they, they go broke, right? And it's because they never took the time to learn what to do with the money. They never took the time to master discipline, master delayed gratification. You know, like the things that require no money that you can do right now. They don't require no money, right? But a lot of people don't believe it. They think it's fluff. They think it's just talking and like, whatever that's not real you know what i'm saying and what i've started to do is separate myself from people with those mindsets right Mm -hmm. not because i don't care about them but because like i said environment directly impacts your thinking absolutely i'm not going to allow negativity to filter into my mind now on the flip of that i'm gonna still put the messages out there about things you need to do right Mm -hmm. whether you want to grasp on that or not it's on you but when i do have a person who's like hey I'm really struggling, but I want to get to the point to where I can perceive the world in a better perspective. All right, let's talk. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? But if you're just going to be negative, man, be Debbie Downer, don't nobody want you in their presence. Yeah, nah. Somebody who always tells you why something won't work, it's like, all right, I'm cool. You got to get them out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got it. Um, But yeah, like, people want to be financially free, but they won't change their habits. It's like they want the result. They want the result. They want the reward without the work. And that's just not how life works. You know, that's 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 true, too, because, you know, I one of the things that I try to push, especially on like social media now is. You have to become the person worthy of achieving the goals that you have prior to becoming that person. There's a misconception that. Once you achieving the goal will turn you into the person that you want to be right, whereas 
that needs to be flipped, right? You have to become that person prior to achieving the goal because how can you be financially free if you're still the person popping bottles every weekend and buying every new (laughs) Jordan that comes out? Like, because that financially free version of you doesn't care about those things they're not focused on that they're focused on a my baseline is covered what matters to me what are my values what you know what are my priorities all right how does these align all right how do i set myself up for the future okay they're not putting their their values on materialistic things they're putting on you know relationships experiences things that a lot of times have zero monetary value like yeah you you could take a trip or something like yeah that costs but like you can do that. You know, it's the difference between taking a trip because you can and building experiences and taking a trip and coming back and worrying about you're going to pay off this debt that you didn't have no business exactly. you know, taking care <laughs> of, right? So um, I think that's a huge thing for people to understand is that you have to become that person before you ever see the results. Because if you don't, and say you do become successful maintaining the same habits you have, like you said, it ain't long until you run back into the same situation. You can become yeah. financially free, but the problem is because you haven't worked on yourself it's not going to be long before eight hey, that credit card debt starts working running back up <laughs> that emergency that emergency fund that's supposed to be there for emergencies is half where it was you know yeah. and you haven't had an emergency yet you know like mm. and all these different things pop up and it's like wow how did this happen exactly you there's no you know one you didn't engineer you didn't you didn't engineer an environment that would allow you to be successful right and i like to say engineering because you do you just like you've seen here, like we create an environment that will allow oh, yeah. people to be successful. Right? I, we build it. Like, and you have to do the same thing. Engineering, you cut things, you build things and you, you know what I'm saying? But you got to put it together to help you. But, you know, I think another piece to all this too, is, you know, we talk a lot about people bringing value to us, but when you become a person worthy of doing these special things, you focus more on adding value to others because a lot yeah. of people will think of, what are people going to do for me? But they're knowing like, hey, how are you going to expect people to build in and pour into you and you're not building and pouring into anybody else? You're exactly. Like, it's a book. It's a Japanese book. It's called like Ikigai. I probably said that wrong, hmm. but it talks about like just the secrets to living a long, fulfilling life. And it interviews a lot of the Japanese uh, people who have like some of the longest lifespans in the world. And like one of the biggest things that they talk about is service to others. Like they were like living a life service to others because I think honestly that's where the best fulfillment comes from. Like if you're a successful person, it's not even if you're just enjoying that all yourself, it's not gonna be as rewarding as you think. But when you start pouring into the lives of others and helping other people get to where you got, you know, like that's where you really start feeling the fulfillment and the fruit of your labor. Um, so I definitely think that's key, especially in our community. Like that's what we gotta do more of is like get instead of just focusing on the negative and being like, oh, they're just going to be like that because they're from this neighborhood. It's like, like who who made that a law? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who who decided that? Like, yeah. at what point do we decide that? Like, how about, especially people who've been from the neighborhood, right, who got it out, mm-hmm. who made it out and are successful, how about they go back, right? How mm-hmm. about welcoming people who may not have been in that neighborhood but have some valuable things to contribute how about welcoming them in instead of discrediting them because they didn't go through that struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to focus on that in our community if we want to see generational success, generational legacy. You know, if we want to start seeing yeah. a shift in our community um, and to rewind a little bit, like what you were saying about like 
not putting in that preparation, right, for that moment, like, that's key. Like, you got to prepare for who you want to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, if you say you want to be uh, the greatest teacher of all time, I don't care if you're in high school, like, you should be looking at what does a lesson plan look like? How do I develop a lesson plan? Like, what do students, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. when that moment comes, the opportunity comes, you need to be ready for it. You don't get ready when the opportunity is there. You don't become financially free when you get a lot of money, right? You become financially <laughs> free by managing what you have right now. And then when you do come across the opportunity to get a lot of money, it's like, oh, snap. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what to do with it now. Off. I'm yeah. good now. Exactly. Yeah. But if you never put that work in, you could come across $10,000 and you know you could pay off that $8,000 credit card. You think you're going to pay it off? Nope. Because you got money now. That's spending right? money. You got money now. That's spending money. You just going to mm-hmm. keep paying a monthly bill, right? Not knowing that that stuff's compounding over time. And next thing you know, you look up, you ain't got nothing now. You're like, oh, snap, where that 10000 go? And I still Quick. got a credit card bill. Quick. <laughs> nothing to show for it. Nothing exactly. To show you got for nothing it. to show for it. But I'm so big on that preparation piece because like, people always ask, like, how, how did I become such a good speaker? And like, truth be told, I had a speech impediment when I was a kid, right? Mm. And I stuttered and I couldn't pronounce certain sounds, still struggled pronouncing some sounds. Um, but I went from public school to private school in second grade. And like all of the kids were making fun of the way that I talked and the way that I would say certain things. And like, I was tired of it. And so every mm-hmm. day when I got home, I was just speaking in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. whether it was reading a book or like even in class, I read out loud, like the repetition, repetition, repetition. And I speak in the mirror, pretend I'm speaking in front of big audiences, right? Like knowing that one day I'm going to be a powerful speaker. I'm literally telling myself this when I'm in second, third, fourth grade. And now today it's clockwork, right? Mm-hmm. And I say that with all humility, but like, you put a microphone in front of me, like I'm gonna have your attention, right? Yeah. And that's just from years of work of working on the bad speaking habits that I had. And so when the opportunity finally came for me to get put at my class graduation and I'm delivering the commencement speech to my class, like I didn't get ready for that moment the night before, weeks before, man, that was years of preparation mm-hmm. and reaping the result. And now I was like, okay, let's take it up a notch, right? But I think everybody just thinks like magically one day they're going to wake up and there's just going to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's, that's just not yeah. how it works, man. Don't, it doesn't work like that. You know, and that, that preparation piece is key. And I like that you talked about, you know, that was years in preparation, right? It's, oh yeah. It, it started with <laughs> you telling, you believing that you would be able to do it. And then the subsequent actions that followed all ensured that when that moment came, you'd be prepared for it. Exactly. So you know how oh man it's so many so many good points on here today like, we done, we done dropped a lot of nuggets in this episode man i know we done like nuggets man this because like, i think like my biggest thing about and i'm learning this about my personal finances is like always looked at finance finances as like a money thing right like literally mm-hmm. like a dollar like currency mm-hmm. but it's start it's way more than that man yeah like, yep it's like your values because your values will determine your behaviors and your habits. And that's where your spending is going. It's more than yep. swiping a card, but it's like, it's you thinking you need something because you lack discipline or because you're trying to impress somebody else. It's like, when you are able to finally get a control over that, you'll see a big shift in your finances and you'll be like, did I get a pay raise? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? right. be, You realize, Oh, I got a lot more money when I cut all this other stuff out. And then like, you come across more money now it's like oh snap like okay like it is yeah it's just it, it blows your mind when you start realizing 
you know, a paycheck isn't the reason why I'm some people, right? A paycheck mm-hmm. isn't the reason why I'm not financially free is my spending habits. Of course, there are some people who are in financial struggles, but I'm more so speaking of the people that we know um, yeah. that I know make enough, right? But it's like, look at where you're spending the money. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I that 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 piece of the inner self is is huge. And I, you know, that's why the name of my first book is The End of Smoker Mindset. Yeah. Is because, you know, through my research, building this company and putting all these things together, I really realized that it was your mindset and who you were internally that would decide your success or your ability to be successful with, yeah. you know, taming your finances. And, you know, if you're if you're a prideful person, if if you don't like asking for help, you know, if if you don't if you don't see an issue and, you know, you wait for somebody else to give you the answer instead of seeking it out. You know, all of these things come into play very quickly. Like, you know, are are you living above your means? Typically, people who live above their means, that's necessarily, that's directly tied to how they want the world to perceive them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're the single, if I'm a single male, could I buy, you know, a 3,000 square foot home? Yeah. (laughs) Do I need a 3,000 square foot home? No. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's little things like that. There was like, for me, y'all know, I, I don't... I'm not trying to impress anybody. You know, I I drive the, I drive a 2011 vehicle that I've been driving since I got it in college. Right. And I'm going to drive it till it don't work anymore. And (laughs) people come to me, why are you going to buy a new car? You need a new car. For what, bro? It does what it needs to do. It gets me where I need to go when I need to go there. Point A to point B. That's it. Like no one's ever, you know, said, I'm not getting in this car because it's 2011. You know what All I'm right. saying? Like, and, and if they did, I'd say cool and I'd swerve off. Cool. You know what I'm, hey, like, you know what I'm saying? Cool. I, I'll see you when you get there. You know, like, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 making it's I feel like one of the simplest ways to sum it up would be you have to decide to make yourself the priority. Yeah. And you know, stop prioritizing what other people think, stop think prior, prioritizing how you know, other people feel, stop prioritizing what other people tell you you should do, right? Because that's another part of it too, is I think a lot of people need to sit down and evaluate. I was having a conversation probably about a week or two ago, and we spoke about how one of the things that people need to do is sit down and go through the beliefs that they currently have, right? Mm-hmm. Identify who who gave the, like, how, where did those beliefs come about? Where they taught to them, where they learned somehow, and then once they figure out what those beliefs are, researching to figure out if those beliefs are valid or mm. if they need to figure out what the truth is, right? Because there's a lot of people that grow up right now thinking that credit is terrible. No, credit mm. is a tool. And if you used it incorrectly, it's terrible, right? A sledgehammer can be useful or I can make it very uh, yeah. dangerous. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's all about how you use the tool. And you know, if, if I'm not trained to use a saw and I'm using it, that cut isn't going to be good as a, as a person that was right. actually trained to do it. Right. And I tell you things like budgets, all that stuff, that those are tools. And you have a lot of people say, Oh, well, budgeting doesn't work for me. Well, I'd argue that you're not using the tool properly. You know, mm-hmm. I, the budgeting itself is, a t- there's no way that budgeting doesn't work. And these big fortune 500 companies don't, don't eat, breathe or sleep without right. going through their budget. Right. They don't, they, there's nothing operating. So uh, if you, if they're, they're maintaining them, what, what makes us, and I'm going to maintain mine very efficiently. Exactly. You know, exactly. so I think those are those are big pieces too. Like, what you think about that? Nah, that's facts, man. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. But a, bu- a budget, you know, I I would be interested to see the statistics behind how many people keep a budget. 
because I think it's underestimated how useful that can be, um, especially for people who want to be financially free. It's like, how do you say that, but you don't even know where your money's going? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how yeah. can you even say that and not know where your money's going? But yeah, like, like you said about pri- prioritizing yourself, right? I think it's, it goes even a step beyond that. Prioritizing who you want to be. You yeah, know what absolutely. I'm saying? Yep. And you can't prioritize who you want to be if you've never thought about it. And so I challenge everybody, man, like take some time and truly think about the person that you want to be. Like, think about the life you want to live, the family you want to have, the job you want to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to truly think about that, visualize it, and then, okay, what is it going to take for me to get there? Because, like, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have a vision, then you're kind of aimlessly walking, right? You're kind of figuring things out, which is fine. Like, some people go about life like that, and they just start figuring it out. But when you have a directed focus you can intentionally align things in your life to get you to where you want to go. And I'm not even talking about a specific occupation. I'm talking about a specific lifestyle that you want to live. And then things start aligning. You're like, yeah, that's not going to get me to where I want to go. You know what? That opportunity will help. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That meeting with that person probably might get me into this room that I need to get into. I can't go spend time with them. That's not, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. you start intentionally aligning your behaviors and your patterns of life and your habits and now you're prioritizing who you want to be you're prioritizing yourself and five ten years from now when everybody else is still figuring it out you live in that lifestyle because you took advantage of your energy right now instead of aimlessly walking you directed that energy and that focus so now i think that sums it up perfectly like you just got to prioritize who you want to be and have the discipline to stick to that path for sure yeah. And, you know, you talk about, you know, going aimlessly. So I have this reference that, you know, I'm a Marine. So I like to use, you know, some of those references sometimes. But, you know, I equate it to, you know, if you get dropped off in the middle of a forest, right? What's yeah. the, you're not just going to start walking aimlessly in any oh, direction, no. right? Because you, you can end up in the wrong direction. What do you do? You need your map and your yeah. compass. And the first thing you have to do is what? Figure out where you are. I think way too many people, especially when it comes to finances, they try to, they don't like to acknowledge where they are and they just try to start going somewhere. Right. (laughs) And it's like, yo, how do you know you're not going in the wrong direction? How do you know that, that where you're going right now, isn't going to lead you off a 300 foot cliff. Yeah. Right. You, you have to sit down, really accept the fact that like, Hey, I have to sit down, look where I'm at. I have to be comfortable where I'm at, but now, because I know where I'm at now, I can decide where to go and it'd be a lot more beneficial for you because now, you know, Hey, I'm here. I need to go here. Here's the steps that I could put in place, but you can't do that without at first oh, no. orienting yourself where you are. And like, you know what I'm saying? One of my favorite rappers, J Cole, you know, you know, from, the, from Fansville, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he said, you know, he got the song love yours on Forest Hills Drive. You know what I'm saying? It's basically like love the life that you live in. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that also ties into what you just said. It's like, know where you're living right now, know where you are right now, know what you have, be um, aware of all that, love that in the moment. And then he says a verse in there and it says, you know, the good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. And I think if you never acknowledge where you are right now, then you can move in a direction that has you think you're making progress. And then you look up and you're like, oh, snap, this ain't even where I want to go. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. congrats, you made a lot of progress, but now you got to get back to where you were, then go, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it makes it harder for you. So 
nah, that's true. And it's uncomfortable. And it's, you know, it, it takes humility to just look in the mirror and be like, okay, yeah, this is where I am. This is what I have. This is what I don't have. You know, like, this is where I can improve. Okay, now let's move forward. But if you never take that opportunity to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself, it's going to be hard to make change. <laughs> it is. It is. It's going to be hard to make change, man. It is. Right, and, bro. you know, another thing, you know, too, is I always tell people, yo, when you set goals for yourself, make it known. Like, if, yeah. if whoever you spend time with, let them know, hey, I'm not, I can't do this for this X amount of time because my goal is to pay off this $20,000 in debt. Right now with the plan I have is going to take, you know, eight months, you know, whatever it is. I still want to, you know, be involved. However, I'd prefer to find ways that we could do this. It's supposed to be to jeopardize my goals. Exactly. Right. Like now, maybe instead of going to brunch out at a restaurant, y'all do brunch at the crib. Yeah. You know, now everybody puts crib. in some money. Now, every, <laughs> it, what it costs, five, ten dollars for everybody to eat. You know yeah, what I'm saying? More food. Uh, you're going to get more food and more most. <laughs> And you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and you build more memories because not everybody's together. You're not in the restaurant. You have to do stuff. Like, it's just so many. But, you know, that just calls being creative and being dedicated to your cause. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely agree. Yeah. And then the other part of that, like, if you tell your friends your goals and they're not willing to support you, then you probably got the wrong friends. But that shows you. See, now, but because you told them, <laughs> now it's easier to make a decision. You know, exactly. it's hard to get mad at somebody for going against something that you never told them existed. It's a yep. lot easier to make a decision when you said, hey, my goal is this, and you consistently try to be a roadblock. Yo, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you in my circle, man. You ain't helping me get to where I want to go. I don't need you, right? Like I said, environment impacts your thought, which impacts your reality. Mm-hmm. And so if you got your friends telling you you don't need to do something, guess what? You're probably not going to do it. No, nah, that's as, it. You know, like, we're, we're not as strong as we think we are as individuals. Mm-hmm. that's just the is the truth we're influenced every single day but if you don't become aware of those influences man they can overtake your life yeah quickly quickly <laughs> and, and extremely negatively so you know that's that's big and you know part of it just takes making decision to to stand for something different right it's hard yeah. to be the one person out of the group to be like hey you know what i want to do this like i'm yeah. going to do this and i know that this it's something that needs to happen. Oh, why you want to do that? Anybody did that before, bro? Were you tripping? And it's like, nah. You you've done the research. You know that this is where you need to go. Like, so instead of sticking around these people, taking advice from people who haven't done what you've done, start looking at finding people who who live the life that you want. Start right. finding, you know, go find a guy who's a good father to figure out how to be a good father. You know, go find someone who's a good mother to figure out how to be a good mother. Go find someone who's financially free to tell you, you know how they adopted it go find you know if you're a single mom and you're trying to be financially free find a single mom that's financially free see what she did you know like ask for help you know seek you know one of the things is this just leads me to something else so another thing too so you know it, having conversations with some people um i talk about how people will spend 200 dollars on a pair of shoes right that will add no value to them after you know a week after purchasing whereas opposed if they you say, hey, you should buy this $200 course. Now, $200 for a course, even though this $200 course can literally, you know, accelerate you to complete whatever goal you are. They don't see it as a, oh, well, this isn't a now thing, right? Like I get this and I get the experience. I get to put these nice shoes on my feet now. I get to put this, but it's like, yo, that's not how that works. It's not how that people, works. The other thing is people ain't going to see that course. They'll see the shoes. They ain't going to see the course. It's yep. like, 
I don't want to spend money on something. You know what I'm saying? Like people, yeah. But you got to be willing to invest in yourself invest if you want yourself. other people to even invest in you, right? Yes. It's like, I'm not about to work with anybody that don't invest in them. But when you, the thing is, and like, I heard Eric Thomas talking about this with college. He was saying like, he he gets why some people talk about free college, but he said at the same time, it's like, it means something more when you pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you spending money on something, it means something more. That's just the truth. You pay for something. And it's funny, like my, my dad, he used to always be tripping out when we was growing up because like we'll be tearing the house up, right? Tearing the couch <laughs> up, tearing the walls up, drilling stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It don't mean it's boys. Me. It's boys. It's boys. Exactly. Yep. And he'd be like, you'll see one day, now I got my own little apartment. I see anything. I'm like, hold on, where that come from? You yep. know what I'm saying? Now I'm the like, pops from Everybody Hates Chris makes so hey, much more sense. You feel me? I'm like, yo. It's, it's a whole different story when it's your money going into it, man. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> you no, know, but that's that's the way to have buy-in. You know, that's another thing I want just to emphasize with people is, yo, invest in yourself, you know? Yeah. Stop, stop looking at material things. Start looking at things that are make you invest in your in your mental growth. Invest mm-hmm. in your financial knowledge. You know, invest in whatever, you know, if, if your job. You know, if you're trying to be better, invest in your knowledge to become better in the job. If you know to get a promotion, you need you know, to meet XX requirements, invest in yourself to make sure that you can meet those requirements. Like, you know, it, it's all these things, just in, investing in yourself has so much potential, right? Like if people say, oh, well, I ain't gonna see money from it. Like, yeah, the that investment, that $200 ain't gonna turn into 2 million, right? But right. not necessarily, but through the things that you learn and implement within your life, you will be able to. And I think part of the misconception with investing in yourself is a lot of people, do things like take courses and they read these books and they just take them and read them and it just stays here. Mm. The the key part to investing in yourself and, you know, getting these educational purposes, you know, getting things that teach you is applying it after you learn it. Mm. That's the piece that's missing. People just learn it to learn it and they don't apply it. Think about how many books you've probably read in the past where there were exercises in the book to help you figure out how to get the thing that the book's for and you just get, get straight past it. it. I did it for years. <laughs> I did it for years. I did it. And then now, you know, reading, I whatever I'm doing, whether it's a, a book, an ebook, if it's just something I found online, I do the exercise. And it's crazy because go through doing the exercises, it's helped me figure like I've drastically increased my ability to do stuff just through applying what I was learning. Now I'm not just learning just to say I did it. I'm not just reading to say, oh yeah, I read that book. Nah. Hey, here's what I learned. And yeah. here's how I'm now I'm actively applying it to my life. And here's how it helped me accelerate and grow. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, that's real, man. That's real. Cause every, like every step matters. Like if people get anything from this podcast, I need them to understand that. Like you can't just do one step, right? You can't just take action. You can't just believe mm-hmm. you just, you know what I'm saying? Like every single component matters. You got to believe you got to prepare and you got to take advantage of the opportunity, man. Like, if you want to be successful, it's, it's point blank, period. And there's no shortcuts. And if there is no a shortcut, shortcuts. you're going to end up where you started because it ain't going to be, you know what I'm saying? It ain't going to mean as much. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's real, man. This look, the power, This episode has been enlightening me. <laughs> hey, I love it. You know, hey, that's why I say hey, real conversations with real people about money and everything in between, right? right. And when I say, you know, this is actually cool, too, because 
I people think the kind of like personal finance is just talking about money itself. Right. Like, so many more pieces to it. And like everything you spoke about today, even you can tie it to whatever. Like, and so these conversations I think are extremely important. Once again, these are the conversations that I think people should be having within their households, Facts. Facts. like within their friend groups, you know, because this is what drives thought and this is what drives change. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so before we wrap this up today, you know, I, what if you, you got anything else that you would like to leave the listeners with? Man, my last words for anybody listening to this podcast right now, everybody that's listening. Think about the life that you want to live. Like truly visualize your ideal life. And think about that every morning when you wake up. I want you to think about who you want to be every morning when you wake up. And then as you're doing th things throughout the day, think about whether or not those actions align with who you want to be. Mm. Simple, simple starter right there. If you just do that for that matter of fact, let's just do it for seven days. You know what I'm saying? Seven days, think about who you want to be and then think about your actions and whether or not they're aligning with who you want to be. And by the end of that week, I'm curious to see what you think now <laughs> I, i'll I like be that. curious to see what they think that, that that's it for me like that's doing it. a lifestyle audit exactly exactly just seven days you you can do it you got seven days you know i ain't even give you a 30-day challenge <laughs> seven days seven days do that every day do that every hey, day so for for the listeners who may want to get in touch with you um be it just to ask questions or maybe yeah. to book you for a speaking engagement yeah um etc <laughs> what 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 um how would you like them to get in contact with you? Would it be uh Instagram? Yeah. Instagram, Twitter. I'm I'm at CK3 the thrill on all platforms. CK number three the thrill T-H-R-I-L-L. That's on Instagram, Twitter. My TikTok finally getting some traction, so you can get on there too. All Honestly, right, though, no, TikTok, right. I don't I don't really be monitoring my TikTok like that. So Instagram, Twitter, uh yeah. email is CR Kinley. C-R Kinley, K-I-N-L-E-Y at gmail.com. That's where you can send any like real business inquiries because I inquiries because I see it on there before I see it on anything else. Perfect. So I also put his information in the description. So for those of you who may want to get in contact with Cam, it'll be down there. So you can get his, his Instagram, his Twitter, his email all from there and reach out to him. Um, you know, once again, I like to emphasize this. Like anybody that I have on this show is someone that I, I you know, is vetted, they're certified. And I know that, any information that, you know, they may help or any product that they put out is going to be, you know, one that you're going to be proud of and that they'll be proud of, you know, we're all about helping people. So, you know, I love being able to have other people come on here and express their ideas because the only way we can learn is together. Um, so that's all I got for you. I appreciate you all for listening. Let's get in the smoking. Oh yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the finance bro. If you feel like this episode has added value to you today, then please be sure to go to Amazon and purchase a copy of my book, The In The Smoker Mindset. You can also go to my website at www.inthesmoker.com and sign up for my budgeting course. You can also find more information on my financial coaching and credit repair services. And if you really want to help support the brand, you can also purchase some merchandise. Let people know what In The Smoker is about. All right. I hope to see you next week. Let's get in the smoking.